Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, today's message is, it's funny because um, I had a choice of two titles. The first title was going to be Discover, Develop and Deploy. Uh, the, the other title uh, was going to be Be the Spider. Um, I've gone with the first one, uh, discover, develop, and deploy, um, but we'll get to the spider a bit later. You know, over 30 years of being a believer now, I've, I've, sort of, I've sorted my stuff. See, being a believer is a journey, and a, a part of that journey is discovering the you that you're meant to be, um, and not being caught up with the you you are never meant to be. Um, and I, I've come to the place now... Um, where I realize what I'm not, and I also realize what I am, and I'm very happy with my part. Uh, I don't compare myself to other people uh, because I've found my spot uh, in, in the kingdom. You know, like, uh, I've been preaching for... Th- I, I get invited all around the world to preach, 30 years, everywhere. Uh, you know, not once in 30 years have I ever been invited to worship lead anywhere. <laughs> not once. No one said, hey, Mark, come over and sing for us. And the reason being is I can't sing. Um, I can't clap in time. Uh, I have to watch other people to do that. You see, I'm not bound by music. I've been set free. Um, you know, so I, I, I know what I'm, I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a motor mechanic. The idea of hell is opening up the bonnet of a car and looking under it. Uh, I started life as an electrician. I, I quit before I killed somebody. I was very bad at it. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not a counsellor. Uh, I'm not a missionary. As uh, much as I love to travel, I love it when I get back to Australia. Um, I'm not those things. And what I'm saying is I've sorted my stuff. Yeah. And I've found out who I am. And I'm really happy. I don't want to be like anybody else. And I think it's a journey in believership that we get to a place we find our part and be excited about our part. Yeah. Understand, some people will be more famous, but no one is more important. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Some will be more famous but none are more important. And once you get that sorted, you can actually enjoy the person you were meant to be. See, your greatest asset to the kingdom of God is not your sameness, it's your difference. All right, and once again, we rally around that point, we start to establish who we are and what we're called to do. I mean, um, this movement we're part of, um, um, Christian Outreach Center back in the day, was, uh, uh, was started by Clark Taylor, who's an amazing evangelist and apostle, had an incredible power gift on his life, and when I was a new pastor, uh, I saw the way he operated and the power he had uh, in regards to praying for people, and I really wanted to, to, to be like that, you know. He would, he would point to people at the back of the room and uh, say, God's got a miracle for you. Run to the front, run to the front, and God's going to give you a miracle. And people would stand up and start running to the front. He would, he would point to them halfway down the aisleway and, and pray, in Jesus' name, and they would just fall over under the power of God. I mean, it was just fascinating. So here I am as a new pastor, thinking, this is what I want to be. So I tried it. <laughs> That's right. Stand up. Yeah, run to the front. God's got a miracle for you. Come to the front. And as they're halfway down, I pointed and said, in Jesus' name. And then I looked at them again as they still ran past me, and I said, in Jesus' name. And then I said, stop, stop. Come back. I'll pray for you. <laughs> yeah, you have to sort out who you are and who you're not right. and, uh, and be okay with it. So I've called today's message, Discover, Develop, and Deploy. Discover who we are, develop our gifts, our gifts and talents. We've all got gifts and talents. Um, 
and then deploy them in the outworking of what God's called us to be. Let's start in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Who's been reading Titus lately? Just as I thought. <laughs> Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Our mission statement as a church is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. This is the scripture where that came from, that we are zealous for good works, zealous to make a difference, zealous in what we're called to be. Not evil works, not zealous for evil, but zealous for good. You see, everybody has one. It may be undiscovered, undetected, underdeveloped, or even a little beat up. It could be hidden under hurt or failure or disappointment, but everybody is created with one. It might be imprisoned by fear, self-doubt, weakness, or even wrong believing, but we all have a God-given purpose. We all own a reason to be here given by God. See, your purpose is the God dream for your life. Your purpose is what you were designed and destined for while we're here. See, we're not random people that turned up in a certain time in history. As a matter of fact, you were created for this time in history. There's there's nothing random about God. It's design. See, it's your reason for your existence. It's the why we were created and redeemed. There is a God-designed microchip he places inside of every soul, and it contains our design, our spiritual DNA, and our assignment. It might be hidden or unseen or undiscovered, but make no mistake, it's there inside of you. Second Peter chapter 1, 2 and 3 says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, I want you to see this, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. It does not say that his divine power is going to give us all things. It says his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So whatever you think you need, you already have in seed form. It's already been given. Everything you need to outwork life and godliness has been given to you in the very beginning of time. It's been placed in your heart. See, you might not know that you have it, but you do have it. He's given us this thing, this this part of us that he created, he designed. Isn't it funny that you can have something you don't know you have, and therefore it's of little use to you? I'm sure that in my phone, it can do a lot more things than I think it can do. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 I know it can do more things, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. But other people know what they are, and their life is different. <laughs> so you can have things and not know you have them, and because you don't know you have them, you can't use them or get the best out of them. It's like somebody who wins a lottery ticket for $10 million, and they don't know they've won it yet. Their life is just normal, just goes on like it is. But the moment they find out what they really had, their life changes forever. There is something inside of you that you don't know you have yet. 
What do you have from God that you don't know about yet? <laughs> I find it fascinating that we have things that God has given us. See, what God gives us, as we've just read, by his divine power, is in seed form. It's not obvious. Seeds are very small. It doesn't seem like much. But a seed can produce a tree. No, actually a seed can produce a forest from one little seed. An apple seed can produce a tree full of apples. But yet more than that, one little apple seed can produce an orchard full of apples. One seed can produce enough food to feed a community and enough timber to build their houses from one little seed. Who remembers the story of Jack and the Beanstalk? Jack's in trouble. Family's doing bad. They've got only the cow left. Mother says, sell the cow. We've got to eat some food. He goes on the way to the market, running to the guy selling seeds, <laughs> bean seeds, and he gets convinced to take the seeds for the cow. He gets home. His mother is angry at him. She gets upset, throws the seeds out the window, not realizing that in that seed was their breakthrough that they needed. Yeah. It's in the size of a seed that can change everything. See, the, to see the power of a seed, any seed, is when you realize and recognize its potential. The power of the seed is not that it's a seed. The power of the seed is that when you recognize and realize its potential. Because then it enters into its purpose. But you don't know the, the potential of a seed, you never use it for its purpose. But a seed has a very powerful purpose. And the, power, the purpose of a seed is not to be a seed, it's to produce a harvest. So a farmer will never invite you out to have a look at, hey, look at my field full of seeds. Because a seed's purpose is not to be a seed, it's to produce a harvest. He will have you out when the, when the, the fields are full of harvest. Because the power of a seed is when you realize that it has potential. And then you do what it's meant to do, is place it in the ground. And then its potential becomes a reality. The seed's purpose is not to be a seed. It starts as a seed, but it's to end up in harvest. Look what it says in Mark 4, 26 through 29. Just a picture of this. And he said, The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and he rise by the day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain of the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately the man gets excited puts the sickle because the harvest has come. The purpose of the seed is not to be a seed, it's to, it's to release its potential into a harvest. The seed God put in you is not to stay as a seed, it's when we recognize the seed has a purpose inside of us. And once we release that seed and we find and discover our purpose, we become like the harvest that God's speaking about. Our potential is realized when you realize you have a purpose. When you realize you have a purpose. God created us with the end in mind. All right, he didn't say, well, we'll just see how it works out. He created us with the end in mind. In other words, when God imagined a tree, he saw it in his mind. He, he, he created the purpose, how it would look, what it would do, the whole thing. And then when he had it all totally planned, he crushed that whole thing up and placed it in a seed. Then he planted the seed into the ground, releasing its potential, and that seed became the finished product that he first designed in his head. It's the same with us. It's exactly the same with us. He's seen the finished product. He's seen how you're meant to work out. He designed it, 
then he puts it up, crushes it into a seed form, places it into our soul, and says, now that I created you, now that I've redeemed you, your job is to discover who I've called you to be, develop your gifts and talents, and deploy them into the generation that we live in. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship. I, 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 I want you to, I don't know about you, but every time I read that scripture and I read, I am his workmanship, uh, you, you might have been, uh, man, you might have been a, a, a surprise to your parents, but you're not, you were never a surprise to God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I got saved, one of the greatest revelations was this to me. I, I didn't even grow up in church. I didn't know much about God, or the Bible, or anything. But when I became a believer, the day I, I felt, you know what? I've got a purpose. I'm, I'm made on purpose for his purpose. And, and, and I, don't know, I, am, I don't know if you are, but I am his workmanship. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm not a mistake. I, I, I am his workmanship. I'm created on purpose for my purpose. And once you get a revelation of that, you start to get such clarity in who you are, what you're called to do, and you do not compare yourself with other people because it's an irrelevant conversation. You get away from things you were never designed for, and you find your lane and get good in it. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, not for evil works, not for no works. You weren't created just to exist. You were created for good works. <laughs> you're supposed to be here you're meant to be here this time in history is your time you're created for good works which God prepared beforehand he'd seen it, he designed you then he crushed it all up, put it in a seed stuck it in your soul and said there you are, find it and you watch out what happens he's yeah, right. already designed you for your purpose our journey is to discover it develop it and deploy it Inside of you, it's sitting there in seed form. Some of you have found some of it. Some, there's more to find. Inside a young dreamer, Joseph was the future of the Jewish nation. Inside a young shepherd boy was David, the great warrior and king of Israel. Inside a stubborn young African-American was Martin Luther King, who changed the concept of racism in America. Inside a bored, rich English teenager was Florence Nightingale, who started and created the ministry we now call nursing. Inside a baby in a stable to an unmarried mother was Jesus, the saviour of the world. Inside, I just begs the question, what's sitting inside of you? <laughs> what's sitting inside of you that you don't know yet? Don't judge yourself too quickly or even others. Don't judge yourself too quickly. I, I look at Sam and uh, Sam, I'm going to say, 10 years ago, you would have never considered the idea that you would finish a master's in business with high distinctions during a pandemic. No. Well, that's what he did this year. A master's in business with high distinction. I want to tell you, don't judge yourself short just yet. You still don't know what's inside of you that God's put there. And don't judge others because of how they look. You don't know their story. It fascinates me, the, the, the stories behind people's lives. I remember... Our, our first church in Noosa, we had a, a family join with us. Uh, uh, they were a real hippie family. He had, 
I don't know, four or five kids, they just kept coming. I, I don't know exactly how many he had. And uh, they lived up on a farm in Koran, and, um, and they'd come to church. It was the sweetest family you've ever met. You know, like they'd grow their own veggies and herbs, and he wore dungarees, and, you know, just the whole, you know. And uh, <laughs> just, just a hippie. And you would think butter would never have melted in his mouth until we heard his testimony. And how back in the day, he was part of uh, an elite death squad in Af South Africa where they were dropped by helicopter into enemy territory uh, to kill as many of the enemy soldiers as they could find, get back on the helicopter and fly back home again. That was his mission. He said, Mark, the amount of times I'd killed so many people at short, at short distance at, you know, and, and buried them in shallow graves and sat on their graves and drank whiskey till we got drunk. Uh, I mean, the amount of people I've killed uh, he says, I, I can kill you by looking at you. And I knew he was telling the truth. He was just a designed killer. But he was a hippie. You, didn't, you would never know. I said, what's your story? He says, we were flying back from a mission and our, our heli heli helicopter was shot down just out over in enemy lines. When I woke up, I'd been knocked out. All of the other people in the helicopter had died. I was the only one left alive. He says, I crawled back over a few days back towards South Africa, got, over, got through enemy lines. He says, within two days of that, Jesus appeared and I became a born-again believer. See, you can't, don't judge people too quickly by looking at them. You don't know their backstory at all. You don't know what their potential is. So he became my bodyguard. <laughs> and no one was scared of him because he wore dungarees. <laughs> their mistake. <laughs> their mistake. When men saw Moses, they saw a selfish prince. God saw a deliverer. When men saw Peter as an uneducated fisherman, God saw him as the leader of his newborn church. God often hides his treasures in the most inconspicuous wrappings. And that's good news because I'm looking at some inconspicuous wrappings today. <laughs> What is God hiding in you that you don't know yet? You've got to be intentional about this. God hides his treasures, not that they won't be found, but they must be looked for. God's hiding the seed inside of you, not that it won't be found, but it must be looked for. To find your purpose, you've got to, find, to, find your purpose, you've got to try, and find your, try and find your purpose. It doesn't just happen. And then there's this power that God works in us that enables it to come to fruition. Look at what it says in Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him, God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, I don't know about, this, gets, this scripture gets me excited about God. Yeah. This, this, so, I read, now, him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works, not out there, but in us. Yeah. He's already put it in us. And our job is to unleash this power that God has given us. Our quest is to discover our purpose, to develop our gifts and talents, to ploy them, to be and do what God's called us to be. When I, I was a new believer, and again, we were, um, I came out of a no church background, and I just did whatever my pastor said. I, I, said, I had no idea. He said, Mark, why don't you do this? I help out. I said, sure. Uh, but we'd often have lots of discussions. Um, he would say, well, look, that didn't really work out so well. Why don't you try this? And then um, you go, no, that didn't work out so well. Why don't you try this? And I actually found my purpose by failing many times. Yeah. So don't be scared of failure or wrong pathways because it helps bring you back to what you're meant to do. Yeah. So just, just go and try it. And see, as I, 
as I keep my thoughts rolling over in God, He directs my path through leaders and others around me. What did He see? Then design, then plan for you in the beginning. Then crush it up into a seed form and place it deep in your soul. So one day you would go on this adventure of discovery and releasing what God's called you to do, playing your part in bringing heaven to earth. Remember why, now I, I, I preach this to help you find your pathway, but understand the importance of you doing this because I'll tell you why, because our purpose and design is the answer to somebody else's prayer. You find your purpose. People are waiting on you to find your purpose because they're praying something that God has given you to do. So it's so important we discover who we are and what God's called us to do. Their victory out there, their breakthrough is our great reward. It's their answer, but it's our great reward. And when everybody finds their part to play, and like I say, you know, I, I look at the guys down there behind that bench back there with screens in front of them, 100,000 buttons there, uh, knobs everywhere. I would never even walk in there in case I touched something wrong <laughs> and the building lifted off, we went into space. <laughs> <laughs> but they sit there and do all that things. And without them, none of this happens. You see, I mean, we all play our part. Some are more famous, but none are more important. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It's a long scripture, but we'll read it anyway. And God himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets. I wish I was a prophet, but I'm not. <laughs> I'd really like to be a prophet. You know, those people that are just intuitive, I'm not. You know, my wife's intuitive. She's like spur of the moment things. Like, let's just go and do that. I go crazy when she says that. Because <laughs> my head can't keep up with making changes that quickly. It's like, no, we have to think about this. So for me to be intuitive, I've got to plan it two weeks away. <laughs> I wish I was a prophet. But I'm not. I don't see things like that. I wish I did. I just so missed it. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For the, why? For the equipping of the saints. Why? So they can do the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. Understand, what, when, it, when you read we should no longer be children, this is in the, this is in the middle of us playing our part in the kingdom of God. So if you're not involved in kingdom purposes at some level, it would seem to say you're still a child. I don't want to offend anybody, but if it has to, it has to. It's just what it says. They should no longer be, it's not, it's not talking about anything, this is not about anything, this is about being involved in kingdom purposes. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, every internet speech, every trickery of men, in the cutting craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And that's talking about growing up into the head, why? From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. We've all got a part to play in this body. We've all got a piece to bring to the table. We're not all called to be hands, feet, or mouths. We all play our parts. None are more important. Some are more famous, but none are more important. 
according to the effective work by which every part does its share. How the church booms, blossoms, and grows is when every part does its share. And that's why you're all designed differently. So you can bring your part to the table. You bring your part to the table. I, I, I was, what I loved when I was uh, volunteering, I loved being on the door. I loved greeting people coming to church. I saw it as such a mission field. I would stand there every morning, um, and we had to wear blue coats and red ties back then. Remember those days? And uh, we greet people. But my mission on the group wasn't greeting people at the door. My mission on the door, see, I, they wouldn't put me in the choir. All right? But they, they did put me on the door. And my mission was that before anybody got past me, they were happy, excited, and ready to meet with God. That was my mission. Not just saying hello. I mean, some that's all you needed, hello. They're more excited than you are. But others needed help before they walk in. You watch them get out of the car. You, you know they've been fighting in the car. You know been, the kids, they're grabbing the kids, come on. And, and you've seen them come, they're angry at each other. And that was just the pastors. <laughs> my job was to get them ready to meet with God. If every part plays its share, if we all do our little bit, the body grows. You were never designed, sorry, you are not a mistake by design. Please don't become one by default. You were never one by design. Please don't become one by default. Discover, develop, deploy. Don't live out of how you were raised. Live out of how you were created. For good works, by God, for his purposes. A destiny discovered and released is like an invisible compass that will lead you through your life. It will get you to make certain decisions about things based on your purpose. It drives you. You become driven in a good way, in a God way. You know, Driven means choice has been taken out of it. That's what driven means. A car has no choice. It's driven. The ocean has no choice. It's driven. The tides go in, the tides go out. It's driven. A spider is driven by its survival instincts. Every time you knock that web down, it does not get discouraged. It doesn't go, well, I'm not doing that again. It just goes straight up and builds that thing again. Doesn't matter how many times you knock that web down, that spider can't help itself. It's driven by its purpose. It'll just go and build that thing again, ever, over, and over again. I want to tell you, when life knocks you down, you need to get back up again because you're, you're driven. Driven by a godly purpose. Today, be the spider. Be the spider. We are driven by a God-given purpose. I will not lay down. I will not give up. I'm here for God's purpose. I'll find my purpose. And in my purpose, I will help bring heaven to earth. And the more of heaven we bring to earth, the more of earth we're going to see go to heaven. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. 
You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.